Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for just engaging what we're talking about, for just taking the time to really learn and be able to understand how you can do things better in life and leadership uh, using this beautiful game that we all love. I'm Phil Dark, and with me is my co-host, Paul Jobson. We are talking today about the Season 9 first half. So this is the halftime show amazing, amazing conversations we've been able to have this season. And uh, before we get into that, Paul, what do you think about season nine, a hundred and this is the episode 124. What do you think about that, man? Man, that just blows my mind. You mentioned that right before we started recording and I just, I cannot, can't believe we've done that, that many episodes. Um, well, really, I can't believe you've done that many episodes. I kind of was uh, in the behind the scenes there for a while, but uh, it's been so much fun joining in and just being on these interviews with you. And uh, is it really Really, some amazing people we've we've had the privilege to to talk to, and I know it's it's definitely blessed me and definitely encouraged me, and I've learned a ton. So, uh, I hope that it's been the same for for our listeners. I'm sure that it has. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, if they're getting out of it like half of what I am, it's incredible because I've just been learning more and more and more. And I think as we go along, I feel like the last few seasons even have just been it's getting better and better and better. At least that's that's how I feel about it. I don't know how do you what do you think. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I guess what really matters is what the listeners think, right? <laughs> so, exactly. So well, you know, hopefully exactly. they keep tuning in and they're they're into into picking up what we're putting down. But at the end of the day, like just selfishly, this has been you know some really really great stuff. And I, I agree. I mean, our guests, you know, from from the very first guest you ever had, it's only gotten better from there. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, I, I do think there's some just amazing, you know, the word I like is nuggets, uh, some amazing yeah. nuggets we get out of out of talking to these amazing people. And we talk a lot in leadership about, you know, surround yourself with people that uh, know more than you and that, you know, can can help you learn. And I think this is a podcast that does that for me, you know, just having glimpses of moments with people that have experiences that 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 I haven't had and and, and maybe some I have had, but to share share experiences and and share ideas. I mean, I think that's to be to strive to, to continue to be a great leader, I think you've got to put those people around you. And I think that uh, even if I wasn't on this podcast, this would be one I would listen to because there's an opportunity to learn so much through the guests that uh, we've been able to have on here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's something that I think I actually just went back because I was curious just going back and looking at the old episodes and how many downloads and all these different things. And just so encouraging to me to see that people are still downloading the first several episodes and I mean your episode and and other episodes from the beginning because it's timeless stuff which is so cool I think like a couple of them maybe the world cup preview world cup review maybe those weren't timeless boy that's what I love about this stuff is the the wisdom that has been shared over the course of this this uh 123 previous episodes is is not something that goes away it's not something that ceases to be relevant and that's what I absolutely love about the the people that have been conver- that we've been having conversations with, as well as just this game that has so much power. And uh, and we've talked with guests about that too, just the power of the game to build trust, to build relationships, to build, you know, to be vulnerable, to to be transparent, to have these different things that we that we need to truly do life with people. So, speaking of doing life, speaking of learning, speaking of you know journeying, you just mm-hmm. got back from Guatemala. 
Guatemala. And we talked about it, I think, last episode, just that you were getting ready to go. And now you are back. And uh, tell me about what the Warrior Way, speaking of, <laughs> you know, got the Repping Warrior the hat. Way hat like on it. because we're yeah. talking about Warrior Way today. So um, what? Uh, tell me about that trip, man. I saw some pictures, but I haven't talked to you about it yet. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We're, I mean, literally just getting back yesterday and, you know, getting our feet back on the ground. And, and you know, my household is sleeping in late because we were exhausted, you know, four or three of my four kids went with us and uh, a lot of, a few other family member members, you know, sisters, brother-in-law, cousins, and then total of 31 people went on this trip with mm -hmm. us. The biggest trip, biggest group we've taken to Guatemala. Uh, and I think this is, might be our fifth or sixth trip we've taken. And uh, just a variety of people from, you know, we probably had nine kids under the age of 14. And then we had, you know, moms and dads and parents, some with soccer knowledge, some without. And we continuously go back to the same communities uh, around the Antigua area of Guatemala. And we partner with FCA Guatemala, uh, just some fantastic people that we've known now for, for maybe close to 10 years. And our impact there, you know, last year we went and we, we had this vision of having a tournament for these kids who live in these villages. They're, they're farmers, you know, they live in houses that are probably you know, as big as some of our kitchens, you know, anywhere from four to eight people in this little area. Uh, they farm all day. If they get to play, maybe they're playing soccer once a week on a dirt field. Uh, we've partnered with some other, through FCA Guatemala, some other uh, local ministries that go into these villages and, and, and use sport as an opportunity to, to minister to families and to children. And what we had this dream of last year was, hey, how do we bring these kids in and give them an experience that they've never had before, where we can show them the love of Jesus, we can share the gospel, but we can play soccer, we can eat food, we can just really celebrate uh, what God's given us and celebrate these kids and give them some joy uh, that they can that they can hold on to. So last year we had like four teams came in, and in those four teams there was one girl in all four teams, uh, and these are from villages all over outside of Antigua, so. This year, our dream was like, hey, how do we make this bigger? Number one, how do we get more kids involved? And number two, how do we get groups of girls? Now, in this, this community, girls are not empowered to do a lot of things, mm -hmm. but soccer is very popular. And credit to our Guatemala team, we had five teams of girls uh, at this tournament and another 10 of guys. Uh, we were wow. actually able to split up into age groups. And I mean, it was just just a fantastic experience. Uh, the money that we were able to raise, uh, every one of the kids uh, had a uniform and on the uniform, it had the FCA logo, it had Warrior Way, and it had a, a representation of their community on there too. Mm -hmm. So it was a piece of their, their own uh, and every community had a different color jersey. So they showed up, they got uniforms. We, we provided probably over a hundred and something pair of cleats uh, to these different communities uh, for their soccer. And they show up at this artificial turf field we play soccer all day. We had jumpy houses. We had food. We had snow cones and ices. And I mean, it was just, just an amazing celebration. And, and each one of our members partnered with one of these coaches and villages. And during their break time, we'd have these huddles and we'd just share with these kids. And they would share with us uh, just some of the hardships that they were going through and some of the joys and things that they had. And just really had a great opportunity to connect uh, again with these communities. Uh, and that was just a fantastic day. It rained the last three hours uh, of the tournament's rainy season down there. But this, the joy on these kids' faces and to mm -hmm. see this dream kind of come to fruition was really cool. Trophies for the for the champions, for the you know MVPs and the you know golden boots and just things that these kids have not. Uh, you know, I'd encourage you to go to our Facebook and Instagram, Warrior Way Soccer. You can see 
probably posted more things than you want to see, but you can skip through those. Uh, but some amazing, amazing things that, that God was able to do during those times. And then after that, on Saturday, our first day, we spent a couple of days going into these communities to visit with these kids' families. And that is just so impactful. You see this kid with all so much joy playing soccer all day long, and then you show up at their house and you just see uh, the struggles and sacrifices that these these families make um, just on a, on a daily basis, you know, hoping there's enough rain to, for, to, for the crops and hoping there's enough rain to conserve uh, water, drinking water and, and you know, just just everyday necessities uh, that they that they pray for. And just throughout that time, the families are so generous to even say things like, you know, we we just pray for provision and God always provides, you know, and just an amazing, amazing group of people there that we've gotten to, to grow close to while we're there. And then we we did a coaches clinic for a professional club down there called Misco. It's just outside of Guatemala City. We worked with their U20s. Uh, and it's it's incredible because as we're walking up, you know, Marcy is the the leader of this, you know, and her passion and her her excitement for Warrior Way, what God's done uh, through the game of soccer uh, for her is evident if you if you ever speak with her. But walking up, you know, these you 18, 19, 20-year-old young men, they're in preseason. Uh, we're coming to do this clinic, these guys and girls from America. And Marcy walks up and they're, you know, things like, Hey babe, you know, in their best English mm-hmm. and like really just kind of being, you know, 18 to 20 year old guys, not knowing what they're doing and just seeing that kind of disrespect to the end, like hug the respect for, for this woman who they're like, Holy cow, this, this girl mm-hmm. and these people bring the love of Jesus into soccer. They know what they're doing. And the coaches that were there, we had about uh, 10 coaches from the, from the professional club that were there watching just interacting and engaging with questions and how we do and why we do what we do open to the word, which is awesome. Um, but just to see that transition of like, who's this woman coming? Mm-hmm. Number one, who are these people? And who is this woman who's going to come teach me something about the game of soccer uh, to the end of just absolute respect for all of us together and how God can impact uh, us in a, in a soccer environment and in, in our lives long-term. So anyway, I, I could go hours talking about the things that, that God yeah. was able to do during that week, but just some, some high points there of, you know, we were able to to raise enough money to put on this all day tournament for these villages. Uh, one of the communities is called uh, Casa Bernabe. It's a, it's a, it's an orphanage uh, just outside of Guatemala city, about an hour outside. And they bought, brought in boys and girls and uh, just an amazing community of people. And then, you know, just some of the other villages around. So anyway, we keep going back. People, Where are you going next? Like, no, we're going back there. We want to go yeah, deep in yeah. these communities. We want to build relationships. We won't, don't want to be the one-off, uh, go in and, and come out. We want to make sure we're building long-term relationships, providing consistency. That's one thing that these communities don't have. They don't have just consistency of people. So yeah. hopefully God will use us in that way and continue to do that. And we're already looking, looking forward to planning, planning more trips to those communities. Yeah, you know, and that that's a good little we, we got that's a good little teaser for uh, the first episode we have in the second half of season six mm-hmm. coming your way. Jonathan Von, Van Horn and he talks about that. The two key things are presence and consistency, and that's what I love about you going back and doing life with. Right? It's not doing stuff for; it's doing life with. Yeah. And that's that's the key for any really any ministry, and I think that's something we miss when we just go kind of go in, do something, leave, that we just miss that relationship. And actually, I just got back from Honduras a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago. And to have people that, you know, been doing life with these people since 2006 
and there's a one of the girls i just she was a girl who it's funny my daughter did a clinic back when she was nine years old so to see that she did a clinic with the girls because they didn't play and to see those girls play though over the years i can't even imagine the as you talked about that that i can't imagine the disrespect but to see that light bulb go on like i would have loved to have seen that of oh she actually knows what she's doing Oh my gosh, she's actually really, really good. Oh wow, she's like really, really good. You know, and she's older. Like, what the right. heck? How the you know? And I saw some videos. I was cracking up. You know, she's you know shielding the ball from people, and and yep. like it's just it's so cool to see that because they see like oh wow, and I can't imagine those five girls teams like the eyes are open to wow, this is possible, this is amazing. Yeah. That's and having so cool. some of our we even took the, some of those girls at the end when the girls were done we got on the bigger field and we put as many of the girls out there as we could at a time. And to put some of our team members like, like Marcy and, and another girl who was a, like an all American at, at Wisconsin. And then two, two former Baylor college, Baylor soccer players and some young yeah. high school girls who are going to play in college in the next couple of years of playing against these higher level American mm-hmm. players and just the joy they had just being on the pitch. And it, again, not you know to reference a future episode again, John talks about, hey, when you just roll out a ball, like all the walls come down, you know, language yeah. barriers, you know, all those things. It's just the ball has a, a magical, uh, somewhat of a magical power to it um, when it's when it's rolled out. And we're already through the point where we don't even call these mission trips their partnerships. You exactly. know, we're just going into to, to form partnerships and uh, let God do what he what he's going to do uh, in those environments. So exactly. thanks for asking. I just uh, appreciate I know uh, a lot of folks have been praying about and actually have heard some from yep. our listeners like, hey, praying about your trip and just excited to see things that, that God's doing through Warrior Way Gives uh, in not only in the U.S., but definitely in, in Guatemala. And just want to say thank you to those of you that supported financially and all those, especially those of you that, that uh, uh, prayed for us uh, while we were there. Yeah. And you can keep supporting financially, folks. You can go to warriorwaysoccer.com. You can do that if you want to go on future trips. Reach out to Paul. You know, that's something we talk about at the end of every episode, how you can get involved. This is just, I wanted to be able to do this to share more about what's actually going on, what's happening. You know, we don't share a lot about this on here because that's not what the podcast is about per se, but it's what we are passionate about. And so it's, it's something that we want to be able to share. Both Paul and I are doing different things to be able to, to, to bring joy and bring a little bit of, as we'd say, a little bit of shalom to these communities um, yeah. by doing life with people. And, and that's what I love about it is it's not going to do work somewhere. It's going to spend time with family and friends mm-hmm. that that's, you know, it takes time to build those friendships in the family. But as you said, when you have that presence with that consistency, it's something, well, what I was going to say was there was this girl who grew up in the La Providencia community in Honduras, where we've been working with for years and years and years and, and, and being doing life with these folks. And this girl was at a restaurant. I get off the plane, go to a restaurant for lunch. And this girl looks at me and she's got a mask on. So I couldn't really recognize her. All I saw was eyes. And she says, I know you. And I said, what? What do you mean? And she says, I know you from La Providencia. And she had graduated last year from high school. And now she's working at this restaurant. And we had a conversation for about 10 minutes. And it was so cool. And all the, she remembered my whole family. You know, she, we were talking through these different things. And she remembered when, I, when she was a little kid in the community. And we did a BBS there stuff with them. It was so cool, That's cool. to yeah. have that where it's just, you know, you talk about it. Oh, yeah, we, we are now family. But do you really mean it? And is it something that is really believed?
believed and do they believe it more importantly? Like, is, do they see you as someone they know and they love and that you love them? And what does that look like? There's so many more stories from that, but yeah. I love that. I can't wait to hear more stories as it, as I said, I, I want to, hopefully I'll be able to make a trip with you guys down there in the next little bit and uh, sure. maybe bring one of my kiddos. And I, I, I love, love being able to, you know, feel like I'm a part of, I can, I can picture it. I love seeing all the pictures. I love following it. So folks, if you want to do that, definitely go check out those pictures on Facebook. Definitely reach out to Paul if you're interested in learning more about that. And there's easy ways to give if that's something that you're able to do and you want to do, that's an easy way to get involved. All that to say, I'm psyched on uh, what you're doing, what God's doing through you Thanks. and through Marcy and, and through the rest of the group that I know there's a whole lot more than just the two of you putting, putting your heart oh, and soul yeah. into that work. So uh, the camps you got going on this summer, everything else going on. So can't wait to hear about how that what you, how God works through those two there in Waco because you don't have to go to Guatemala to make an impact. And folks out there, you know, take that as a, you know, an encouragement, hopefully, to put on these, you know, tournaments. You can do right in your own community with people that are that are hurting, with refugees, with recent immigrants. We're going to do one of the Cup of Nations in Sacramento next June. And so um, if you want to learn more about that, talk to me about that. But now we're going to get into a quick rundown of the first half of Season 9, which I will say I've had a lot of halves that I've really liked. I think this may be my favorite half of episodes that we've had. Now, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, don't hold me to it. But that, that would be something that I would say there's interviews here that are definitely some of my favorites, if not my favorites. But it started with Graham Daniels, who I will mm. say I have told people that was my favorite episode, interview I've ever done. There was so much to that. There was laughter. There was some super deep stuff that I've shared with so many people. I've shared that episode more than I think I've shared any other episode with people just saying, you know, my, fr my friend's son just started playing football at Oklahoma, and he's a walk-on. And I just said... I think this is really important for your son to listen to as yeah. he's getting going in this. And, you know, and from that to my kids, I've had, you know, I've, I've shared it with them and everyone that's listened to it has just been blown away by it. And I think it's just because it's stuff that we know we've heard, but to hear it lived out in a life and for him to see it as a guy, not just who was like, oh, I was pretty good, like a guy who played in the championship in England and who is the director of a team in England, a professional team in England and who runs a Christian organization to talk about that achieved versus received identity. Talk about, you know, the worst, as you said, the worst evangelism ever. And yet <laughs> that's what transformed his life. So what do you think about Graham? I mean, I, I agree, you know, and we've had some, some amazing people on, on the podcast, but I, I think, Graham is w definitely one of the ones that, that I've walked away from. And I still think a lot of, a lot about it. You know, I, it comes up in my mind a lot, you know, things that we talked about and just his wisdom, you know, we talked at the beginning of the, of the show about, you know, things that we gained from this and surrounding yourself with people that, that, you know, have experienced things that you haven't. And Graham is one of those. And I, I think I identify a lot with what he, you know, is doing and has done in the way that he goes about it. Uh, because we're very similar in that in that way. But what baffles me, and I, I can't totally get my mind around it. it doesn't really even matter. Uh, that's the way my brain works. Is like how like how God put him where he is. You know, <laughs> like you just said, like what he's doing and running a Christian ministry, uh, and just hearing his story of like really that. Yeah. I mean, that's only God could only make that happen. You know, in that way. And but just gaining gaining so much wisdom from folks who've been through through it all but yeah definitely definitely one that 
comes back to mind a lot as I'm, as I'm navigating, you know, just life and uh, just amazing, amazing man, amazing man of God. And uh, definitely an episode that has so much in it. You have to go back and, and listen to it, uh, you know, time and time again, quite honestly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. I think I've listened to it now four times and I, I yeah. will say, <laughs> I don't typically listen to the episodes that we do afterwards because yeah. I've edited them. I've done them. We had the original conversation. Then I edit them. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of, I've played that with other people. I've played it just listened by myself and every yep. time just learning more little, little nuggets, as we say, you know, and, and more than just nuggets, these are like life principles that come yep. out. Not that we don't have those in other interviews. Of course we do. We have incredible life, life lessons and life principles. But even like you said, the, what I love about it too, is just seeing how God weaves these stories, right? How he weaved this story in this man. And even to hear like when he shares about, his perspective on the witnessing that was done to him on a bus. Mm -hmm. And I say to him, cause that's what I feel it was done. It was like to him yeah. by a guy who hadn't basically, and then we hear the, it, like, so like those stories you hear, Oh, and here's the other side of the story, you know? And he shared that, you know, and like he flipped yeah. it and basically, and I, I just want to encourage you folks to go listen to that. Cause to hear that other side is just, man, if you don't, if you don't believe in God at this point, like go listen to that and go, man, that's yeah. just, unless it's the craziest coincidences ever to see what, what has happened through this. I, I just love, love the story. But also just like you said, how he talked about how he's got this director role in a club, like that he played in. Yeah, it was his childhood club, but he didn't play that long for Cambridge. Um, yeah. to, he wasn't like a legend of the club. He was a, kid who played a little bit but he's done a lot of amazing things but then also he said you know what i knew i needed to go get my phd to get into other rooms in the premier league mm -hmm. if it's just one role or the other i don't get into those rooms yeah. i think that's a really good lesson for people too to not just kind of rest on your laurels of oh i have this because that may get you into some rooms but it might not get into the rooms you're supposed to be in and so right. that's something that i really appreciated with that so folks if you haven't listened to it Go listen to it. And I'll say that about all four of these episodes. They all brought some really, really cool things to the to the table. But that one, I would say, I actually have put it on the website as one of the featured podcasts up there. Just It'll always be pinned up at the top. So you just go to HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com, and it might be where you're listening to this one. You will see it right there at the top. So go check that one out. Yeah. The second episode of this half, we had a... Uh, was a little known assistant at Stanford who's now a uh, rock star head coach at UCLA after winning the national championship. First, first year head coach, not first year out of school, but first year head coach ever as a head coach to win the national championship. As we said in the interview, that doesn't define who she is. It's part of what she's done. She's so much more than that. I was so impressed with this interview. Um, I really had I mean I'd talked with Marguerite a couple times we'd met on a couple of occasions but I'd never had a conversation with her I'd heard some great things about her from a, a friend of our um, a friend of ours who plays for her but I was really just impressed with her humility her vulnerability and just the conversation about how she develops trust with her team and with her players and and with her coaches and I, I that all comes through in that interview for, to me it just came through that there's some people that you feel like you're talking with them and they just are 
telling you what you're supposed to be hearing and telling that you what they've learned and it's not really part of who they are. And then some people you can just tell when you're talking with them, like this is part of who they are. And the conversations I've had with other people about her, like confirm it. And so I just, I encourage you again, folks, go listen to that episode. But what do you think about that, that conversation we had? Yeah, I, I had not met Marguerite before and just had been, you know, in the, in the coaching world, I, I knew who she, who she was. I knew, you know, her, her role as an assistant, you know, with some obviously great programs. And, and, and I, quite honestly, when, when she got the job at UCLA, you know, I think the soccer world was maybe a little bit shocked, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, one of the best programs in the country that probably could hire anybody in the, in the country or world that they wanted probably to take that job. And they landed on this, you know, kind of long time, young assistant. Yeah. But to watch that season unfold from afar and then to speak with her in this interview, now it all makes sense. You know, probably the, the, the smartest administration uh, in the country, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, no brainer, man. Of course, you know, um, but again, like just knowing, knowing the industry and knowing what's required of coaches at that, at that level, coaching players at that level, she's a perfect fit. And, and I think you'll get from the conversation, you'll get right away that it is not about her. She has been fortunate and blessed to have people around her that, that know the game and, and loved on her in a way that now she's just kind of spitting out what she was taking in, you know, and, yeah. and, and I just, I found it so refreshing as a, as a, as a, I guess, a former coach now to see just her intentionality with her players. And I think some people would argue like, well, you can't do that, you know, with the highest level players. And I would argue like they need it the most, you know, yep. and her personality and, and how she goes about her, just her relational way of going about everything from players to staff to just is just I just found it really refreshing to be quite honest and and I was encouraged by that I just don't I don't see enough of that in in our industry and so it was really refreshing to see someone do that and have success and of course she'll be measured by you know the continuity of that but she's obviously put herself in a a great spot Uh, but no matter what you know what people don't see it's it's outside of the trophies the the the, the trophies that the cups are empty at the end of the day what she's pouring into these young people is is most valuable uh, to me yeah. and i think that players that play for her are going to going to respect that for a really long time 100 100 yeah. i i also love you talked about it's not about her and just hearing how she builds into her assistant coaches as she was built into um and you know also how as we talked about it, I, you know, I asked the question, what were you really thinking at the end of that national championship game? Right. And I, I loved her response. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. Cause I want you guys to go listen to good it. Tease. But it. That's a good tease. Yeah. It confirmed that like what she was thinking surprised me actually. And it said a lot about how, who she is and how she is, how she is wired as a coach and how she, what is important to her as a coach. And so Go check that out. Go listen to it. Definitely worth your time. Definitely something that you'll learn a ton from. Definitely something you'll be encouraged by. If you're a coach, no doubt you'll learn a lot of ways you can connect better with your team. I think we, we entitled that episode uh, Transparency, Trust, and Conflict Prevention. And I think a lot of what she does cuts conflict off at the pass. And it's something that was very, very good. If you can do that as a coach, man, you will not only avoid a lot of stuff, but you will have a culture that is something that other people will want to emulate. So 
Marguerite, great episode. Go check that out. And then Josh Glover, he's the assistant at Cal Baptist University. His father, Robert Glover, I was actually able to interview on Think Orphan podcast because Robert, he, I'm going to, I want to get Robert on this show too, by the way, he played for Norwich. Mm -hmm. He runs Care for Children that does work all over the world, but he, he helped over a million kids get into families, Mm -hmm. a million orphans get into families in China. Now the interview was not with Robert. It was about with Josh, but that's relevant because Josh actually grew up in China and he has all these cross-cultural experiences that he grew up in China. So he was like a third culture kid being there from England, obviously. Then he comes to the U.S. for college. He's playing pro in England and U.S. and working with the MAI, the Chicago Eagles, the Orange County Seahorses. He's got so much experience in all these different areas. And then now he's coaching there at, at Cal Baptist University with a lot of internationals. So we talk about a lot of really important things, cross-cultural, how, how to work cross-culturally, how we can use this game. And this, as I say, this is the soccer or football, depending on where you are, is the most spoken language in the world. And so he talks about that, how he's able to then use, how he's able to use soccer to be able to connect and build trust and build relationships. So what were your thoughts on that conversation with, with Josh? Yeah, you know, one of the few episodes I didn't get to join in on, but I did appreciate the shout out at the beginning, you know, recognizing that you know, he he missed me, I guess, uh, yes. not yes. being there. But I loved going back and listening to that. Maybe that'll encourage people to listen to it if I'm not, they know that I'm not on it. So definitely go listen to that. But I, I wish I'd been on it. I wish I could have been part of that conversation because I, I just, I felt like he's a young guy who has just so much experience. I love how God's kind of weaved his story into having been overseas internationally and being able to use that experience to really pour into the international players that that he works with now and how he bridges that gap and how he how he communicates and how he interacts with those folks. He just has an amazing, amazing story and definitely an episode I would encourage people to go back and listen to because he's a, a young guy with a, really a lot of wisdom. And I think that's another thing we can take as well as that we started, you know, you know, with somebody who's older who had a lot of wisdom and we've got some young people on these podcasts who have a lot of wisdom. Wisdom is not yes. is not based on on age, but actual, you know, experience that people carry. And I think that that Josh has a lot to a lot to offer us as 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 coaches and individuals. Absolutely. And you know, if nothing else, in this half of the season we have two British accents. So yeah. we have a Welshman <laughs> and to. a guy from Norwich over there in uh, in England. So you know, yeah. you can't go wrong. They're, they're automatically smarter. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm reading through uh, First Timothy, First, uh, Second Timothy right now. And so to, to talk about that youth, right, the importance of understanding that just because they're younger than you doesn't mean you can't learn from them. In fact, oftentimes that's who you learn from the most. And so, um, as we say, don't despise small beginnings and don't despise the youth because there's yeah. a lot we can learn, a lot we can learn. And so I definitely from, from Marguerite and Josh, 100%. I mean, yeah. if it's not proven by those two interviews, I don't, I don't know what will convince you. So go check those out. And then the last one we had uh, was Skip Gilbert, the CEO of U.S. Youth Soccer. You know, I just, I actually just recently uh, edited this, this interview and went back and listened to it again and pulled out clips that if you want to check out those clips. By the way, on that note, if you don't know already, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if you go check that out, you can go watch clips from these interviews as well, which give you little nuggets that then you can go back and listen to the whole thing. But, but if you just only have a couple minutes and you want to hear something, we, we intentionally pull out different clips from these interviews. But I was going through those and I was like, dang, there's a lot of really good stuff in this interview. 
you know, when you listen to them, you're, you're like, wow, this is good. This is good. But you're kind of, you know, you're going through it. You're thinking of the next question. You're thinking of listening for different things. And you're, you're talking about stuff. You're active listening. To, but, you know, for those of you who have never done an interviews, you know, it's, there's a lot to it. But, but when going back and listening to it and picking out those quotes, I was like, wow, there is some really important stuff for us who care about soccer in the U.S., to be listening to. And I don't know where you are in the world. If you're listening to this elsewhere, I'm sure that some of these issues are very relevant to where you're at as well. But just, you know, the things that, especially his thoughts on what we need to be doing, some of the things, as he says, we need some correction. We need some course correction. And it'll rub some people the wrong way, as he said. You know, I'm not going to tell you all those reasons why, but it was really good to hear from him because of his perspective as the as the CEO of USU Soccer and all the different people he's talking with, all the different p- things that he's dealing with. Even after we finished the interview, he's like, oh, got an email of somebody somewhere, something happened, you know, and it was just mm-hmm. some big fire that's going on somewhere. I can't even imagine all those little things that add up. But in the big picture for him to be able to tell us and, and just share with us some things that we've been talking about on this show for the last several, you know, years or a couple of years, I guess, yeah. um, that are at that level that he's like, yeah, we need to do something and we need to all work together because we can't just keep adding acronyms and yeah. treating kids as professionals when they're eight, nine, 10, 11 years old and expect to have it be a good result at the end of the day. what do you think? Yeah. I mean, he, one thing I think is important for people to know that they'll learn is, as they enter into the, into the podcast, you know, he is a, he is a soccer guy, goalkeeper, you know, play the game, loves the game, but he's been involved in other sports yeah. as well. And I think that that really rounded out his, you know, I think it's important for us. You know, we talk about specialization in our young athletes. I think as coaches, we've got to be careful uh, with specialization too. Um, in that, yes, you have to, as a coach, you have to specialize. You need to be a professional. You need to try to be an expert in in your field of soccer if you're coaching it at, at a high level. But I know, I mean, I read books from Dan Gable in the wrestling world. I read, you know, Coach K. I read, you know, what other coaches in other sports can I learn from? And, and him being involved in triathlons and swimming and just other organizations that he's able to bring some different perspectives into our sport, I think is important. Because I think as soccer people, sometimes we get so focused just on this one lane where we are always right and things have, can, you know, soccer's played a certain way. You know, that, that yeah. bugs me to death. But I think we get in that mindset as elitists sometimes as, as a soccer culture. Uh, but I love that he has experience in some other other avenues that brings that into our soccer world, especially at the youth level. And I love, uh, I'll butcher it, but the idea of, of their mission statement is to, to make sure that people love the game of soccer. It's not the mission of USU soccer. It has nothing to do with kids becoming professionals yep. or representing our country overseas or developing the best soccer nation in the world it's about making sure people love the game and i think that perspective from a youth organization is important and i think it's something we need to focus on too because we can really create the next generation of soccer players if us as older people love the game so how do we create that next generation you know my dad knew you know we've talked about this a hundred times my dad knew nothing about soccer but his kids loved it so he started coaching it and ended up loving the game so then he you know, now my, my family's a huge soccer family and you just continue to pass that along, you know, had, you know, it'd been an awful experience, you know, we'd be doing something else, but to continue the, the, you know, I think we're pushing people away from the game instead of pushing them, you know, inviting them into the game and into the culture of it, which is so special when it's done correctly. And I think Skip shed some great light on 
on that environment. I love, I love their mission and even his idea of like, yeah, we want to work with other youth organizations uh, to help, help, help do this. It's not just us. So he was a refreshing uh, conversation as well. Shed a lot of uh, great wisdom on some, on some topics that I think folks will really enjoy listening to. Yeah. No, uh, that was something that really stuck out to me too, that, I mean, he, he took that job at January, 2020. Right. Yeah. And he took it after working for U.S. swimming, U.S. triathlon, U.S. tennis. And we even talk about that on the episode. Like, mm-hmm. how did those those other disciplines help you even enter into that COVID realm and learn from, you know, and basically be able to be versatile? And, yeah. you know, he had a great story from U.S. tennis even. And as I'm watching Wimbledon with my kids mm-hmm. now and you see and he talked about basically the difference between U.S. tennis players and other tennis players around the world. And, and yeah. it's not universal, but the gist was us focuses on tennis and you you look at like Car- carlos alcaraz right now right and that that's not who he was referring to at the time but carlos alcaraz number one in the world he played soccer growing up he's a spanish player djokovic played soccer growing up in serbia medvedev i'm assuming in russia was playing soccer growing up as well you don't just they're they're athletic right yeah. they're these they're they're able to move in ways that you know, you won't be able to move if all you're playing is tennis. And we talked about that with basketball and there's this quick movements. We talk about that over the years. But to hear him talking about that, that he saw the elite levels at these different sports um, is something. And like you said, he doesn't just want to make great players. He wants to make fans of the game. Yeah. Right. And you know, one thing that. Yeah. Go ahead one thing that kind of connects this with me that I'm just getting back from Guatemala and one of the huddles, one of the boys asked me, he's like, what is it, what is it like to play soccer in America? Like his, Mm -hmm. like, man, I just can't imagine with the resources and everything that like what he was asking was like, man, like what do I need to do to be at the level of the players that play in America? And I sat there for a second (laughs) and the translator is like, what's up? I'm like, just give me a second because I think there's an important point here. I'm like, you the way you guys are playing the game right now you love it like the joy in your eyes because you're having an opportunity and you appreciate what's being given to you like don't lose that i said we're losing that in america because players are playing because they feel like they have to they're losing Mm -hmm. the joy and the love of the game i said the innocence of this environment out here this tournament where you're showing up from your your villages where you work hard every day and your release and your joy is the game of soccer you're doing it right and I said, if you want to get better, put the ball at your feet. It's not complicated. You know, you don't need an American coach or a European coach to teach you the game. Just get a ball and play with your mates. And it's that's the joy of the game. And he kind of looked at me like, really? Like He's like, that's a bust. Like, make up a story for me, dude. You know? Totally. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, Why listen, I... like, we're, don't lose the joy of the game. Like, look what's yeah. going on out here. This is beautiful. It is. This is the beautiful game. Not, you know, all the acronym things and i couldn't explain all that to him he would never understand but you know i just i was like man just don't lose the joy of the game like if you have a dream and a goal to go play professionally make that a goal and a dream i love it but don't don't lose the joy and the love of the game yeah for sure for sure and that's something i i even remember talking about acronyms the first time we met that conversation we've talked about on this show where my daughter was was uh in the office with me and we were talking at baylor and i said it was right when the GA, I guess, had started or something. I go, what is yeah. the GA anyway? You're like, I don't know. That's Chuck's job this <laughs> week is to figure out what that is. And I'll never forget that because it's it goes to the, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to 
play the game. Love the yeah. game. And, you know, if you're good enough, you'll be, you'll be seen, you'll be found, whatever, if that's your desire. But most people who are good enough are bailing on the game because they hate it because it's become yeah. a job and it's become something at age 12 that it shouldn't be. It's never meant to be at age 12, 13, you know, and maybe never. Maybe it was never meant to be that. But we've made it into yeah. this thing because, you know, money gets involved and other things get involved. But that's a whole, you know, we've yeah. had that conversation before. We do need to wrap it up. We are at yeah. that point. But again, Skip, we talk about that so much in that conversation with Skip. Go check that out. I say all these are worth your time. Like, that's an understatement. These are so good. These interviews are so good. And go check them out. The other thing I will just finish up this episode. We don't do these recommendations at the end just for kicks and just to fill time. I've actually gone back because it's been recommended so much. I finally got to read. And now I've read it probably three or four times with my kids now too. Is Chop Wood, Carry Water. And the other one, which is Win in the Dark. Joshua Medcalf, and he has a co-author on the Win in the Dark. I'm blanking on his name right now, but we'll have that in the show notes. Well, where those are, they're really good. They're really good. Have you, have you read those? I have not, but Top Wood Carry Water, I know that's been recommended to me a million times. Yeah. And I, I need, I need to read that for sure. Both of those, but that one for sure. And I, Super I've, quick. I've continued to make just a long list of books that I need to, that I need to read. Just keeps right. growing. And that's the thing when they, people recommend, I think it was recommended like five times on the show or just referenced yeah. or talked about. And from multiple other people other than that. So I'm like, you know what? I just got to grab them. They're only like four hours to listen to, and you can do it in a car ride. Uh, mm. We did it on a road trip, and, and so I've done it on two or three different road trips with the kids. And they're fables, super easy. The kids can understand them too. They're fun. I'm listening to another book much longer, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson, which is fascinating. But it's, it is fascinating to see how many like myths we've created around the, in the aura of Bo Jackson. He was a freak athletically insane freak in a good way. Yes. But his stats, if you look over the course of his career, were not that good. Now, and yeah. even the years he did play, he just had insane things that he did. Anyway, that goes to, I think, some conversation that we'll have someday. Anyhow... Any last parting words, Paul, before we sign off? No, I'm just excited. I know what's coming up here in the second half of this season. We've you know already recorded a couple episodes, and man, it just it just keeps it do, it doesn't disappoint, and it's just uh, some amazing stuff. I love again just the the community that we're creating here through this podcast. Would love just to to continue to hear from from folks who are listening, their feedback, things they love to hear more about, less about. Just love their feedback. We're doing this for for you. So please uh, get engaged with our community, our community here and let us know how we can support you. But no, just appreciate everybody's support and what we're doing here. Yep. And as you said, we, we talked about it earlier. We got Jonathan Van Horn coming up next. He's with Athletes in Action, the executive director of pro soccer for them. Got some other things coming down the pike. I know there's a few other interviews that we're going to have that are going to be great, no doubt. But with all that, folks, I uh, hope that you're, you're learning a ton from this. Hope that you're taking the things that you're learning and you're using them in your life. You're using them to help you to be a better, a better coach, a better parent, a better spouse, a better leader in, in wherever you're leading, better friend, uh, better in all that you do. And uh, hope that you continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great couple of weeks.